Hi everyone, Dr. Axe here. I'd like to introduce you to the new co-host of our show, Dr. Christopher Motley. Dr. Motley is an expert in traditional Chinese medicine, nutritional therapy, herbal remedies, and functional medicine analysis. He runs a virtual clinic where he cares for people from around the world and is the go-to physician for many celebrities. Dr. Motley is a dear friend of mine, and he, you know, he's the type of doctor that I trust my own family with, and I hope you enjoy his wisdom and his wonderful questions as he interviews today's guest on our show. Hey friends, Dr. Motley here, co-host of the Dr. Josh X podcast. And today I have the privilege of talking to an expert, an expert in the world of women's health, women's medicine, hormones, basically ecology. I've studied her stuff, thyroid, adrenals. If you want to know about this stuff, you need to follow Dr. Aviva Ram. Dr. Aviva Ram, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. And we want to talk about all things women's health. Thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. I'm so excited to talk with you. Oh, it's such a privilege for me to meet you. Uh, there are many times, okay, in the health industry, when you read books, like literally you keep books in your office, like uh, to study about thyroid and adrenals. Um, in my office, uh, I do much Chinese medicine, different forms of laboratory testing, kinesiology, and I always try to find references back to finding out about the adrenal kickback mechanism, the thyroid mechanisms. Now, we're going to get into hormones. I think many of the people out there want to know about you, Aviva. So let's start off. I just want to say I read your credentials. I love your website. So anybody out there, you got to check your website out. Such great info. And you are a Yale trained, you are a Yale trained medical doctor. Um, and I read, I try to dig a little deeper though, too, but you have a really interesting backstory about how you got into health and at a very young age, and you went through some trials. Do you mind touching on that a bit and just letting people know where you came from to get to this health, um, health aspect of your life? Of course. So I actually have a very unusual background in that I grew up in a housing project in New York City, although I know y'all are in the South, at least we're recording mm -hmm. from the South. So I lived in the South for 18 years, just saying. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I grew up in a housing project with a single mom. I was a smart kind of like academically pre precocious kid. I was that spelling bee science fair kid, literally both. And to get out of my neighborhood, I kind of used my smarts and I got into college when I was 14, went off to college. Wow. No, right? So I left home when I was 15 on the road to becoming a medical doctor. But think back, this was 1980. And if conventional medicine is still kind of conservative now, back in 1980, there wasn't anything called alternative medicine or integrative medicine. It was either you were in the box or you were out of the box. So to study that stuff, um, you really have to kind of find your own path. Uh, even the first naturopathic school hadn't fully opened then. So um, wow. I was on my way to doing pre-med. And when I was mm -hmm. 16, I left school because during that first year, I got exposed to traditional Chinese medicine, meditation, um, environmental studies, women's health studies, midwifery and herbal medicine. And I was like... Mm -hmm. This is the path for me. And you know, when you're a teenager, you're so idealistic, you're going to change the world. So yeah. I school and apprenticed myself to a midwife. And I actually practiced as a midwife and an herbalist for over 20 years. I ran the National um, Association for Herbal Medicine Practitioners, created their first journal, wrote like 
six or seven books, including a tech, an award-winning textbook in herbal medicine, yep. had four yep. kids that I homeschooled. But at some point, I felt like there were more and more people now, you know, acupuncture was becoming recognized, chiropractic, um, uh, naturopathy. But when you went into the medical model, you were still like almost like a sheep going into a wolf den. You know what I mean? And so yeah. you had people who could get what they wanted out of the box, but then when they needed something from conventional medicine, it was still the same old, same old. Oh, you're giving, you know, you know, you don't want to treat your kid's ear infection with an antibiotic. What do you want your kid to go deaf? What you're having a home birth? Do you want to kill your baby? I mean, it was literally, literally yeah. were said. So um, I decided to kind of like pull it all back to where I started with now with four kids and go to medical school and I did. So I went to Yale and that was an amazing experience. And one thing led to another and I kept writing books, doing my herbal stuff, um, went into internal medicine and then switched over to family medicine so I could do mm -hmm. the obstetrics and pediatrics. Then before I even finished residency, like five functional medicine practices reached out to me and were like, we want you to join us. And there was one that was particularly interesting at the time. They were all, <clears throat> all interesting, but there was one that was particularly uh, just a very rich opportunity. So I went to that practice and got very steeped in the world of functional medicine, but mm -hmm. ultimately wanted to create my own model, which was kind of a hybrid of midwifery and herbal philosophies with that marriage to the best of conventional medicine. And that's what I've, I've done. So I have my, um, my, Right now, my practice is totally telemedicine, and I'm doing a lot of online teaching, continuing to write books. I have my newest book, um, Hormone Intelligence. That's what I want to talk to you about today, yes. I have, now I have four grown kids, two grandbabies, who I got to midwife at home, which is pretty special. I feel like that's like my top favorite credential is that I got to midwife my grandkids at home. And I honestly- Aww, that's so good. I love my work. I love it. People often ask me what inspires me, and it's really my inbox and my social media. It's all the people, especially the women who write to me and say, you know, I'm struggling with this and I never felt hope until I read your article. Or even if they need to do a conventional therapy, they like I now feel empowered to do this or I felt like nobody was listening. And so mm -hmm. honestly, like multiple times a week, I just get tears in my eyes or like, uh -huh. Because I get these beautiful, or you know, the random baby that's named Avi or Aviva. Because <laughs> that's kind of like my, my life in a nutshell. Oh, and I've been um, with my same partner for thirty-seven years, so that's about where I'm at. Yeah. Well, I just—it's so impressive, uh, Doc, that when you know when you've written seven books, and at the time back when you're saying that naturopathy herbalism was not really accepted, even today, though, I mean. At yeah. times, if you're in mainstream medicine, I understand like I use a lot of Chinese and Ayurvedic herbs and spices, and some individuals would, you know, think that's a little unusual. And even back in the day, like you bringing it up and bring it to the forefront, because when you look at your books, it's almost like you are an ecologist in your own way. Like I can see the ecology and the herbalism coming into, into our integration. When you went to um, medical school and you went through that program, 
I, of course it gave you like, I don't say a heads up, like trying to put other people in the medical industry down. I'm saying, but it gave you a heads up when you started studying women's hormones, like which herbals and which spices could actually help this condition along with like mainstream medicine. Did that come into your head when you were going through school? Uh, a lot of the times studying women's hormones. Interesting because um, part of why I picked Yale was because they are, it's, it's even though it's like a very conservative medical institution in one way, it's mm -hmm. also got this, there's a lot of open-mindedness. So all the professors and students, and I'm talking like professors who had won Nobel prizes for their research. Wow. We were all on like a first name basis. And there were a couple of doctors in their seventies or eighties that you would call doctor just because you couldn't not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like even some of the most senior doctors, the Dean, we were all on first name basis. They were very open. Like they, like I actually have a book on vaccinations that I wrote in, um, like 1998 came out in like 2000 and it's not anti-vaccine at all. It's like very neutral about like helping parents make the best choice. And yeah. I had friends who were physicians who were like, do not put on your medical resume for your application that you wrote a vaccine book. And I was like, well, they're going to find out there is an internet now. And I'd rather <laughs> go. And they were very receptive. And then when it came to the integrative stuff that I was doing, I actually offered an elective at lunchtime because people were so curious and Yale actually turned it into a, a required part of the medical curriculum. So, wow. Was, yes, there was a huge receptivity to what I was doing. And I, I like to think of myself as that bridge, you know, between the worlds and part of being able to be in the medical model is being able to speak that language. So when I talk to a physician, it's about helping them be open-minded and not judge people who are looking for something different. And at the same time, sometimes I have patients who have like a very serious medical condition and they're like, well, can I just take some vitamin C and do a cleanse? And I'm like, well, I mean, it's your body, but that's not what I would recommend. I really do think you need the antibiotic or the chemotherapy or whatever, and it helps mm -hmm. them feel more comfortable. So yeah, for me, what happened was, you know, I am always, like I said, I've been a science geek since I was a kid, but <laughs> Yeah, but going to medical school was like these eureka moments. You know, mm -hmm. I'd hear somebody talk about like a uterine astringent in herbal medicine. But then when I was in like a C-section and we'd add Pitocin in and somebody would say, yeah, that's for a boggy uterus. And I was like, oh my gosh, we have that same expression. But in herbal medicine, we use red raspberry leaf or whatever. But to actually see like you're in the body of like a human living being and they're like, Oh, it's a body body uterus. Here's what happens when you give the Pitocin and you go and you're like, okay, I have a whole new perspective or, you know, talking about the adrenals. It's very different mm -hmm. to talk about them theoretically, but to actually have been in there. But also I had some remarkable experiences. Like one time when I was in residency, I gave a talk on different herbs and one of the herbs I talked about was horse chestnut, which can be used for varicose veins. Mm -hmm. And about three months later, one of my teachers came up to me and said, hey, Aviva, do you think that horse chestnut would work for a 300 pound man with pretty severe diabetes who's got really bad varicose veins? And I was like, all right, well, that may be pushing it a little bit. And he's like, well, actually, I heard you talk about it and I tried it and I've been doing it for three months and he's having remarkable results with his varicose veins. So yeah, the lights were going off all the time, but I still write curriculum in integrated medicine for Yale now, you know, a decade and a half later. So it's been a really rewarding journey. Like we talk about mitochondrial function, right? And functional medicine, but actually yeah. a really deep understanding of what that means and meeting people with 
you know, true genetic mitochondrial disease and how that plays out, especially for someone who like, for me, I'm so curious. I'm, I'm like, we can be watching a movie and my, you know, my husband or my kids will, <laughs> let, me Google that. let me Google like that. And um, so it's the joke and the family mom's going to Google that. Um, so I, I, I agree. <laughs> like whenever, whenever you become, like I tell my friends, like when you become um, a, a nerd, a, a geek about what you love, the craziest thing is that when uh, now my friends, if we're ever out and about, they'll ask me something about like, should I eat this? Now, I, I'll, I'll preface it. And then I start to go into that realm where I'm like, well, genetically, you could have some issues with this and this where you can't do that. And they just look at me like, what, what, what are you talking about right now? But I, I literally can. What? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think it's the, the beauty of it. When people are like, you say the virtual consoles of streaming uh, clinic, because people would see you and know that you have medical training. You can, you can tie Eastern Western herbalism together. I think that do you find that in your practice, um, it's great to be forced to have to learn something brand new. Like many times here at the office, I don't understand something. And I tell people, I actually had to wing through it and learn something new and go find out something where, because, because when you talk about mitochondrial genetic in, uh, defects, causing adrenal and thyroid issues, then tying it into Eastern medicine, like with the triple warmer meridians, the pericardium, and you go, oh, they actually do correlate with the yeah. symptomatology with yeah. what Western medicine says. You think of spleen chia deficiency, but then you think of like low stomach acid, and then you think of SIBO, and you're like, this is actually, I love that to me, like whenever... I don't feel like we need to have Western science validate a you know five thousand year old system like Chinese medicine or Ayurveda. Yeah. That would be very arrogant to think, oh, that system has value because it's correlated. But mm -hmm. when it does correlate, like for a nerd like me, it's like, oh, that is so cool. You know, <laughs> like I love. <laughs> I really think that whenever I, the lights go on in my head, sometimes where I go, oh, that's why they call it like a kidney deficiency, and then I'll find that they have evidence of like a literally kidney infection. Or yeah. bladder infection, um, and with oh, all that coming, yeah, no, no, yeah. Go ahead. I'm so excited. Go no, ahead. I love it. Say it, say it, say it again. I love it. I love it. What oh, you were saying? Reading something the other day. Okay, this is like so random, but we started watching this crime drama, and yeah. something came up. Oh no, no, I was reading a novel, and it was about coroners back in like the old west, and how they uh -huh. didn't know how to like do forensics. And so they would study like these stages of after death, right? And mm -hmm. so one of the stages, like we know rigor mortis, right? But mm -hmm. one of them was liver mortis and it's spelled L-I-V-O-R and it means blood stagnation. And I thought, mm -hmm. oh my God, my mind was going with like, liver and Chinese medicine and stag blood stagnation. Because right, like that's one of the things with Chinese medicine, liver chi and blood stagnation. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, what of my friends would actually get this if I said it? <laughs> you know, and uh, that's what I like it when your friends know that you know about something and they do come and ask you and you know, there's only a certain amount you can get to a point and you go, if I go past that, they're just going to like zone me out, which is okay. Like I can say it to you and you're, you're also like, oh, wow. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I totally geek out. And with that, um, we're geeking out. I think that um, many individuals out there, like I know that there's many patients, uh, lady clients that come into the office and that suffer from um, like hormonal imbalances and they want a new way of thinking. When I read your book and uh, when I've been looking through it, I've been looking at the reboot section, which is just, oh my goodness, and how to rethink ideas. Uh, they want a new avenue. And your book shows that in the, the Adrenal Thyroid book. 
And I know that the, even the younger demographic is now experiencing those issues like PCOS and endometriosis and going through these, uh, these infections and diseases that could be in the gut that's causing issues with their hormones. I know that you've been drawn to that, that demographic, you've been drawn to help with all women of all ages. What I'm asking is for anybody out there, there's a lot of hope that's being lost. I mean, literally like people come in and there's a lot of people, little ladies that are just losing hope because they don't know the answers. And in your new book, I want to talk about it because it's about to come out soon. So people need to go pre-order this. Um, I was reading some of the, uh, the summaries, like the abstracts on it. Um, and I don't, you know, if you want to give like a summary or like how it restores hope and just speak your mind on your book, I'd love to hear it. Thank you. So one of the things that is really important to me about the book is that it starts out with this idea that as women, we're mm -hmm. not broken. Like there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with us. And I, I hear that so often in my practice, you know, folks who are following you and folks who are following me, there are often folks who are already looking for things that are natural and already doing things that are like starting to change their diet. And so they'll come to me either online or my medical practice and they're like, doc, or Dr. Aviva, what am I doing wrong? Or what's wrong with me? I've been doing mm -hmm. all these things right. And I still have endometriosis or PCOS, or I'm struggling to get pregnant, or my period's killing me every month, or I'm getting these migraines. So I wanted to say, like, you're not doing anything, anything wrong, and you're not broken. Chris, you talked about, you know, me being an ecologist, a big piece of what I try to understand, we, you know, we hear the term root causes, but what does that mean? And it means mm -hmm. what are the underlying factors or triggers mm -hmm. that are off balance either internally, like maybe it's your microbiome or maybe um, because you had a lot of antibiotics as a kid, you know, your stomach environment isn't great. So you have, you know, low stomach acid or high stomach acid. And, you know, these things affect our digestion and our nutritional absorption. Maybe it is environmental endocrine disruptors, chemical hormonal triggers in the environment that we're all exposed mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. So I look at these internal and external factors and say, there's, you're not broken, but there are a whole set of factors that are influencing us as women and affecting our health that are mm -hmm. invisible, but mm -hmm. there's no blame. You can, but you can start to take action. You can have agency over your health by peeling mm -hmm. back the layers of the onion and say, well, is my diet supporting my optimal hormones? Is my gut microbiome or leaky gut, is that contributing to possibly some problems with estrogen absorption or elimination? Um, am I under enough stress? Mostly the answer is usually yes. But am I under enough stress to actually be upsetting my hormone balance? Am mm. I not getting enough sleep that it's causing my adrenals or my thyroid to affect my hormone balance? Is there chronic inflammation or something called oxidative stress that could be affecting me generally or affecting my ovarian function and maybe whether I ovulate? And it's not just for women who have health problems. Like This is a perfect book. I call it the big seven. If you're struggling with any period problems, PMS, anything related to your cycle, um, endometriosis, polycystic ovary syndrome, uterine fibroids, fertility, sexual health or vaginal, you know, chronic recurrent infections or perimenopause. So it covers the mm -hmm. whole life arc. But it's also not just about fixing problems. It, it's about how do we stay well? How do we live in alignment with our own innate hormone intelligence. And I deeply mm -hmm. that the core plan 
will like be such a reset for so many women. But I also know that sometimes people have pretty significant symptoms. So there's a whole section on targeted protocols for all those seven big major areas. And uh, five weeks of done for people recipes so you can do the meal plan and like a full meal plan. And you know, I hope this is the kind of book that if someone picks it up in their 20s, they're still picking it up in their 50s. I hope it's the kind of book that if somebody picks up in their 50s, they're passing it on to their daughter or their granddaughter, or maybe somebody picks it up in their 40s and then they get a copy for their mother. Because I feel like it's that book that is kind of across life cycles. And it's based on, you know, it's funny because I submitted a huge manuscript for anyone who does writing. It was 300,000 words. It's like, it was like an 800 page manuscript. It's a big book. But what my publisher said is the reason it's so long is you've been in practice for so long, Aviva, that you always know the next question that a woman's going to ask and you're trying to answer every question. And that's really what I try to do is like, what are the questions we have about our bodies in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s? How do we know what's normal? How do we know what's not? Because a lot of us don't, right? And it's hard to know because you could go to the doctor and you could say to the doctor, I'm having horrible period pain every month. And your doctor can say, what? That's normal. That's normal for women. Take ibuprofen and go on the pill. But it's not normal because just because we're women doesn't mean we should suffer. But on the mm -hmm. other hand, I had a woman who just said to me the other day, her mother had horrible endometriosis, but her mm -hmm. mother really talked about it. And then the woman telling me she was ha she had horrible periods her whole life. And then when she went to get pregnant, that she couldn't get pregnant. And that was when she found out she had endometriosis. But she just thought because her mother had these horrible periods, hers were normal. Because, well, that's what my mom, it must be normal. Like we don't talk about these things as women because it's kind of awkward and embarrassing. So sometimes women live with these things, don't even know because they think it's normal. So they don't tell their doctor. Unfortunately, um, this woman, she was able to get pregnant. It was really a beautiful story. Aww. But that's what the book is about. To me, like the way, like reading your other books, that I like the way that you convey, when you say taking the information from one generation and passing it on to the next. One thing I encourage everyone out there listening is that it is well-written. And when you say, in my opinion, when you find a good clinician, somebody who can find an answer for you, and like you say, understand the next question that person's going to ask, you know that you found a good doctor. And in the way you write, it is like, I, I was wondering, I said, she she like can actually read your mind a bit. That's what I thought for a second there, because because my mind would actually go, well, if, of course, like, you know, for example, like this thyroid condition, it creates this. But what happens if I or what is and then you go into it and you say, well, this it could be the cause. And you went, well, it's it's right there. And I think that when you have a generation passing on to the next, realizing that there are they're not, I know that nothing's really simple, but I'm saying that there are explanations that can be simplified to show what your problems could be. And I, do you find, Doc, that when you talk about like a parent passing on a condition to a child, and, and sometimes in the clinic, I'll find that they call them miasms or they call them where they get those infections that can be passed down. Um, do you find those kind of um, uh, emails, those kind of information coming to you where people have said, my parents had this and it, it passed down to me? Do you get that a lot? Yeah, I do. And, you know, I look at it in three ways. So one mm -hmm. way is actually just genetics, right? Like mm -hmm. there's just the fact of genetics. And sometimes if our parents had something, we're going to have it. You know, if somebody mm -hmm. has um, a certain like genetic predisposition that is just always inherited, there's a good chance we're going to have it. So, I, you know, I try to be understanding of that. 
The second is habits, right? So if you grew up in a home where breakfast was sugary cereal and lunch was like peanut butter and jelly on white bread with, you know, chocolate milk and dinner was pasta and a dessert. And now you're, you grew up on that diet. Let's say your parents are now diabetic and now you already grew up on that diet. So you're almost preset to become diabetic, but also many of us continue what we learned at home. So just to give you one example, I had a patient who came to me, she was in her fifties, late fifties, and she had become pre-diabetic. But when we looked at her blood work from a year previously, she wasn't pre-diabetic. So I asked her what happened in that year. And she said, you know, I never really thought about this, but my mom passed away and my oh. mom made us dessert every single night. We had brownies, we had ice cream, we had something, a chocolate pudding, jello with whipped cream every single night as a kid. And she said, For, as an adult, I didn't really eat those things. But when my mom died, it became my comfort food. So every night I started having a cookie or a brownie. And, and oh. it was like, to me, that was really powerful because yes, there was a genetic predisposition, but she never had it until she re-picked up that habit. And then the other thing, and you probably mm. have talked about this and teach about this and know about this, but is something called epigenetics. And so mm. for those of you who are listening who don't know what that means, epi just means the area around something, like the epicenter is the area around the center of something. Epigenetics means that around our genes, there are mm. almost these like light switches of codes that could get turned on and off. So let's say you have a gene for diabetes, but you eat a healthful diet, like no sugar, you keep your blood sugar really balanced, you exercise, you sleep well, all the protective things. That switch may never get flipped on. And so you may have the genetic predisposition, but it never gets turned on. But the good thing with epigenetics is sometimes, in fact, very often, we can either prevent that, um, not only, we know that 85% of, of chronic diseases we can prevent just by preventing that epigenetic switch from going on. And this is good, strong data from like New England Journal of Medicine, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But once that switch gets flipped on, a lot of times you can get it flipped off. Like in this patient, we were able to take the diet, you know, change her diet back at her exercising, reduce inflammation, and she never progressed onto diabetes. So we wow. were able to flip that switch and flip it back off. So those are the three things, you know, when you say these things that are passed down, you want to look for genetics and things that, you can't escape sometimes. You wanna look for the habits that got inherited and are those habits the problem? Because sometimes we think it's the genetics, but it's actually, we're just doing the same lifestyle. And then the third is yeah. those epigenetics. What can we change? And that's a lot of, even in this book, you know, just because your mother has endometriosis or just because your sister has PCOS, you may now be predisposed, but we wanna make sure that we're doing everything we can to prevent that switch from getting flipped on or turn that switch back off if it has been flipped on to realign with, you know, not having those conditions. I, I truly love that you're talking about epigenetics. And I love that in the book that how you talk about um, with those epigenetic switches, how many times the emotional strain, like from somebody passing a trauma coming into your life, switching on those flips. But I love how you were talking about where there is no guilt, no shame, not blaming yourself about what I did wrong. Did this not happen? But showing that in the book that you can have these switches 
you know, that can be a genetic, that could be epigenetic, and those things can be triggered, you know, your habits, but having a clear explanation in the book and releasing some of that fear and that worry about people saying, did I do something wrong? Like, no, there are some factors you have to take into consideration. Hey guys, it's Dr. Axe here to talk with you about your nutrition. Did you know today's food contains only a fraction of the nutritional value it once had? That's why Ancient Nutrition, the supplement brand I started with Jordan Rubin, offers nutritional products designed to make history's healthiest whole food nutrients convenient for everyday life. It's Ancient Nutrition for the modern world. Check us out at ancientnutrition.com to learn more. When you were writing the book, like you've had, you had 300,000 words. Is that what you said? I did. My publisher was like, I cannot publish a doorstop. So what are we going to take? I I, I will say this with your books. Like there's one, especially like with metal, like uh, herbalism for, for women. I went through there and I, I literally guys was like looking into it. I went, I know nothing about herbs because it was so entailed and I loved it. And then I went over to the adrenal thyroid book. And the one thing I thought was how you broke down, not only like conditions, but I love the way that you would tell how each of the supplements actually would help with a hormonal condition. And that's one thing I look forward to in this book, because I think, do you find that many individuals out there, and, and, I, and I understand women out there that may not know their bodies as well, like simply knowing like, yeah, I ate this food, it could have caused this, but you know, there's things like, if you take the right amount of B vitamins, if you take the right amount of chase tree or, or things of that sort, that this can actually break down a hormone, help it be recycled properly. Now, does the book go through, I, I assume it does, but does it go through like some supplements and herbals and things like that for yes. these kind of conditions? In the core part of the book, there's a six week plan to address all these root causes, if you will, gut and sleep and stress. And so within that, there are protocols for each of those things. But I also know that if you're struggling with PMS, if you're struggling with period pain, endo, fertility, whatnot, hot flashes, you want answers now, right? You, you don't want yeah. to just pull your diet and your gut get caught up with everything. And so there's a whole part of the book, which is also really cool because when you look at the book, like from the, not the spine, but the other side of the book, it's actually like uh-huh. we did the pages differently. So it's a quick, <laughs> it's like, it looks like a stripe and it's so cool. You open that section. And you flip through and there are very concise protocols. So like for the PMS one, let's just say, for example, um, it's bullet pointed, like here's what to do for your diet. Here's what to do for the mind body connection. Here's like the actual yoga or breathing meditation or whatever that's been shown to be helpful. So it like lists them out by like nutritional supplements and then herbal supplements. And then at the end of the book, to not make it so cumbersome, like to put the dose every single time, at the end of the book, there's a whole glossary of like, here's the herb, here's the nutritional supplement, here's like a quick bullet point of what it does and doesn't do, here's the dose, and here's like mm-hmm. what to look out for so that, it, you know, to know if there's a contraindication for you. So it's super easy, super accessible, and literally you can just scan through it. You can say, all right, I want to take, you know, do this protocol and go online and get the supplements you need. And also it's like pick and choose, right? You don't have to take 12 supplements for your PMS or your problem, you could just say, all right, I put them in order, you know, pick this one from this category, pick this one. So it's very, you could just go to that section and use the protocols if you wanted to. But I feel like that is more 
the for the symptoms and some of the core stuff like you were saying you know b vitamins can really help and it may be that you're low in them um, but it's almost like you could either do the core plan and then see how you feel or if you have more significant symptoms you can do the core plan and the add-ons and the cool thing is that i know women are gonna say well how do i know which one i need there yeah. are there are like comprehensive questionnaires that say look you know if you score below this i have a feeling that the plan itself is going to be enough for you but if you score above this you might want to add these on right at the beginning and go through doing both to really amplify your results see i think that um when any individual is going through that kind of uh, any type of turmoil with their hormones uh having a systematic plan to go through to go through would be like one of the uh easiest, but heartwarming knowledge that somebody out there understands how I feel. And when you look through how you write, when you have individuals who can look through the charts, I think an added bonus, and it's a huge bonus, is that when you write, you can tell your passion comes through with your words. I can feel it. People know you care. And I think that when you talk about the mind-body connection, about how the mind or how you how you view yourself can affect your hormones really comes through. Just like even when I was reading the thyroid and adrenals. Um, I know when you do your virtual consults, I can see now that the book, like I get excited about it, but how much of an influence is it when you write that you, you can understand how a woman feels emotionally about the hormonal shifts and the changes. And you you know, you've treated thousands of patients and does that really weigh heavily? Do you, do you, I don't know how to say, ask this. You know, you hear that, hear that intentional voice inside that goes, I know I got to write this because I feel what the people out, the ladies and the women need. Yes. Does that come to you? Totally. I, um, oh, so a couple of thoughts came to my mind. One, one is that one of my favorite quotes in the world is, um, nobody cares what you know until they know that you care. And so for me, it's always about setting up that relationship and not because of like an ulterior motive but because i'm actually really interested and curious and care and if there's anything i want people to have is just a renewed sense of hope like when i imagine people reading the book i imagine their shoulders dropping them exhaling them like okay somebody's finally hearing me and somebody finally has my back and i'm not alone in this mm -hmm. and i'm not abnormal like there's nothing wrong with me and, you know, I still answer my own emails. I um, check my own social media posts. I do my own Facebook groups. I read the comments because it's the voices of the women who ask me questions, who seek my help, who are healthy and wanting to know how to take care of themselves better or who are really struggling and are looking for answers and, and also have a level of desperation because they've spent years trying to find answers. And now they don't even know like, is there something wrong with me? Am I making this up? People keep telling me I'm fine, but I know I'm not. So I try to think, not even think, I try to like really feel from that place as I'm writing. Mm -hmm. And whenever I get too in my head about the writing, yes, there's the research and all of that, and that's important, but it's like, how am I gonna communicate this in a way that isn't about what I know, but that someone knows that I care? Because I think when people know that I care, they also know that I'm going that extra yard to read the research and be make sure that they're safe and make sure that I'm covering, you know, crossing my T's and dotting my I's and all of that, which I had to do several hundred thousand times in that book, in the original. <laughs> but um, you know, I think that the mm -hmm. it's the voices of the women, it's the stories that every day wash over me. That you know, it's like even my publisher, he was like, I don't think we should include 
perimenopause in here because I just think it's going to be too much. And I was like, yeah, but half of American women are, you know, going into perimenopause now. And what about the women who buy the book when they're in their 40s because they're struggling with something and now they're going into menopause? Like, I want this book to hold that space. Or they were like, well, I mean, you don't have to talk about this and you don't have to talk about this. And I said, well, actually I do because if a woman is struggling with that, I, and I kept going, I kept going back to this, my publisher, like, yes, I actually do. Because if a woman is struggling with that, then she's also going to be asking this question and I'm not going to leave her like unanswered. I mean, obviously you can't say everything in a book. So I have online courses and articles that are you know also there for additional support, but it's always the, always the women. And interestingly, interestingly, like since I've been kind of getting out there about the book, I've had, you know, like you, several really thoughtful, heartfelt men who have interviewed me. And a couple of times it's been a man whose partner was really struggling with something. And they have read the book and said, well, I had no idea what she was really going through because I didn't realize how ignored this was. Or as I was helping with her research, this question would come up and you, you're like, you answered it because it's almost like you knew what was going to come next. So, you know, I think a lot of it is from my midwifery experience. You know, being mm -hmm. a midwife is so different than being a physician. I mean, there are certainly amazing, wonderful, caring physicians, and I know so many, but being a midwife is really much more about listening to your, your person in front of you and really hearing what they want and need versus like that doctor mindset, which is I'm going to tell you what you want and need. That's I, I really appreciate in the book how, um, you know, when you have to work with women um, in a in this hormonal uh, area, patients that come in the office, I have many women patients and I've had to learn over the years, like with um, with their gut balance, with their emotions, really how to approach women in the sense, like trying to hear what they're really saying to me. Now, the thing I love about the book is when you say it goes to all demographics and to, to like men as well. The one thing I loved about it, I'm reading it and you go into the real, like um, talking about hormonal imbalance and you're talking with, you can feel the emotion with it, but also you go into this, like this really cool, um, it's right basic nerd section where you'll talk about like, okay, this bacteria helps break down this estrogen. This bacteria helps with the thyroid. And I love that too. And I'm like, oh, I'm eating that up. And I'm like, but there's going to be demographic women and men from every angle that's going to love every aspect of this, which I think that's one great thing about the book. It's like, you can put as many words and people are going to read it. And I'm just saying like, it's going to hit all these areas and hit people's, their archetypes, basically. It's going to hit the archetypes. I feel that I want to help people, not just, you know, conventional medicine is basically like, I'm the doctor. I'm telling you to do this. You should trust me. And I'm not going to give you any explanation. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for the, not everybody, I'm like, look, sometimes when we're sick, when we're tired, when we're struggling with something, we just want someone to tell us what to do. So if mm -hmm. that's what you need, you get that in the book. And I say that like in the kind of more explanatory sections, look, if you don't want to read this, just skip to the, here's what you do section. But for those people who want to go a little deeper um, and just try to get a sense of like, why is this happening? What does this mean? I really wanted to provide that. Well, you did. And I will say that uh, anybody out there that has any questions, and I say those with all seriousness, I, I love to refer uh, books to my patients. And this is a book that I refer because not only do you, you speak with heart, 
and I'm not trying to blow up your head. Really, you can tell because there's many times, you know, when we when we're when we're practitioners and, you know, you're in it all day. I'm here all day at the office. Literally, you know, you you there's a, a certain respect you have for other practitioners that you can tell I've been through the trenches and you can tell that you've been that with women and with men helping them out. And I and I appreciate that. Um, so I wanted I want to ask you about the book release. I want to know about the date. I also want to know how people can contact you because people are going to be wanting to be like virtually like talked with Aviva, Dr. Rom. And so can you just tell us when the book's going to come out, when this whole thing's going to happen? That'd be yeah. great. So the book comes out officially on June 8th, but it's already available for pre-order. And mm -hmm. anyone who purchased the purchases the book wherever you get it, get it wherever you love getting books. You know, if you can support a small local bookstore, all the better, but anywhere you love getting books, then head over to avivaram.com forward slash book, just the word book. And when you get to that page, you will be mind blown because there are some really big gifts that are there. So if you buy the book by June 8th and go to that page, you get my 28 day gut reset for free. And when you get into that, oh, yeah. holy moly, I cannot believe this is free, but I wanted to give people like a program that would get them started on a really important part of the book. And there is, um, there are a few other special gifts and there is going to be a really special live event that's happening on June 4th and 5th. In fact, you know, the talk show host, um, Ricky Lake, she's going to be kicking mm -hmm. it off to interview me about the book. And anytime you buy the book within, um, the month of, and if anytime you buy the book between now and the end of June, even if you mm -hmm. can't come to that live event, you get the replay. And if you want to hang out with me, once you're at that book page, you're in my website. So you can browse my website for free. There's tons of free content and guides and recipes and cool stuff. And then you can hang out with me over on, my, on Facebook at Aviva Ram MD or Instagram at Dr. So Dr. Dot Aviva Ram. That's where she's at, everyone. And I just want to say, like, it is, uh, you know, I always never want to interject or close things too quickly because I think you're a great person and you're really easy to talk to. And I really appreciate uh, you coming and talking with us about the book about women hormones and you can, and people out there, you guys know that uh, she's an expert in this field. I love that. She said avivarom.com. When I went to her website, I just love that how it just rhymed and it's just that easiness to like, to know that anyway. Um, oh but again, so the whole CD, like, you remember the whole CD, CD ROM thing. It was like, <laughs> It's like really, really. I've heard that one before. <laughs> Everybody out there can see, and we can all tell about your passion. So, guys, go to this event, sign up for it, go get her book, and uh, become her friend. And look at her website. I will tell you what. Uh, there are probably four different websites I'll go to to glean and look at information, and this is one of them. So, really, truly, guys, check her out. A follower, get a virtual consult. Um, thank you, Dr. Ron. We really appreciate it. I am so thankful. And um, we all send our love here from, from here in Nashville. And uh, if you're ever in town, let us know and uh, we will show you the town. Thank you so much for having me and for this just wonderful conversation. So guys, check her out and we'll have, um, we'll have you all in mind. We're sending you all good energies. Thank you for joining the Dr. Axe podcast. I'm uh, your co-host, Dr. Chris Motley. Until next time, have a great day. Talk soon. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure to go to my recent Instagram post and let me know what your favorite part of the show was. Also, don't forget to follow me 
at Dr. Josh Axe there on Insta, where I cover the latest health trends, natural medicine, and so much more. Also, if you're loving this podcast, do me a big favor, head over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Thanks so much for being on mission with me. See you next week. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. In some cases, individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein.